I've got his back. I've always had his back and now I have the opportunity to um, be with him. So, um, you know, what? I've, I've had his back from afar um, and I wish I, I, you know, was with him earlier in, in his career, um, but being able to do what I can from, from afar. Um, so I'm excited to be able to um, be with him in this aspect. Um, and and help him in in any way necessary um that's how it's how it's always kind of been um i'm excited for this um and i know he is as well so for us to come together um you know i, I think it's going to be great for for both of us um NBA, Strayer, how are you going? How are you going? It is NBA Strayer, and what a day. What a day, Friday, February 11, 2GIF, am I right? And I'll tell you what, there's a bit going on. I am your host, James Clements. I'm a writer. Shum terms, for whom Stephen wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff. Here in Larry Armour Studios, back in the uh, Sean Kemp jersey. Gave that one a bit of a wash. Feeling good. Uh, Chilling, not illing. Giving you all the ins and outs of an absolutely bonkers trade deadline and NBA season at the moment. That's what we're doing. That's right. Ben Simmons is a net. James Harden is off to the Sixers. Fat man hoop, six clan. Boom. Doesn't work quite as well, but here we are. The extreme zinger meal. Oh, no. He's a wizard. You're a wizard, Harry. Extreme zinger meal. Extreme zinger meal. Uh, heaps more trades. So we're going to talk about all that. Uh, we've got our All-Star squads announced as well. That gave us some awesome content. Enjoyed that. Having a bit of a laugh. Uh, and also we've got today's games where we had a rematch of the finals. Chaos! Absolutely love it. Uh, so we've got a juicy slap, but that's not a knife. Old mate, no mate, spot of the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. It's Friday, so that means dickhead of the week. We've got, yeah, Nas. Absolute just plethora of listener, yeah, Nas, which is awesome. Uh, the unpopular opinion of the day in our back take house, where we're serving up a flame girl take. There's Australian player watch and a Luke Longley bloke who just does their bloody job. Role player of the week award to give out, and a game preview and pick for the entire weekend and Monday. Because don't forget, Super Bowl's on Monday. Your mate Jimmy's going to be shit first, so no show on Monday. So uh, get stuck into this. All right, that's what we should do. Let's get stuck in episode 756 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the Shaq attack! Ah, uh, you better, especially if you're Chuck Barkley. Always love Shaq going after Chuck, but how many rooms you got there, Chuck? How many rooms? Uh, also, better watch out for the Chuck and Shaq attack if you're James Harden and KD. KD picking the All Star squads. Uh, his. You know, friendship ended with James Harden. Now Ben Simmons is my best friend. Verbal meme. Uh, they in, delighted in giving KD some shit about how many trades you done. you done. You done with all your trades today? That's what LeBron said to him as well. Everybody's jumping in there, giving KD some shit about Harden and how Harden picked a Rudy Gobert over his mate Harden. 
in the All-Star squads. We're going to get to that. And we're going to get to everything. All the trade deadline goss. And it's all in the way we start every show here at NBA Show with the Daily. Whip around. That's right. It happens. I told you yesterday, like where there's smoke, there's fire. And if there's that much smoke, you may as well just go, right, it's going to happen. Ben Simmons for James Harden. Big Simo. Box Hill Benny, a.k.a. Benny the Bricky, a.k.a. Benny the Sook, a.k.a. Benny the Crybaby, is off to Brooklyn. Hasn't played all season. Oh, my feelings are hurt. My coach said he didn't like me. <laughs> and Harden ate his way out of, I mean, he asked his way out of Philly. I mean, out of Brooklyn. And uh, Steve Nash has got to feel pretty bad. Anyway, so the entire vibe of this trade is... Uh, ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks go to Brooklyn. Uh, that's the Sixers' 2022 first-rounder, and they can actually defer that until 2023, which is a really cool uh, little wrinkle there by the Nets. Uh, and the 2027 first-rounder, which is protected one through eight, it rolls over uh, to 28 and protected one through eight again if it doesn't convey, and uh, turns into two seconds and two mil in 2029. In exchange, the Sixers get Fat Man Hoop, Philly Clan. Yeah, all right. And uh, Paul Millsap, who wanted out of Brooklyn. And uh, I do enjoy that. People are like, oh, man, Paul Millsap. It's like, what was he doing in Brooklyn? Not helping. <laughs> How much do you reckon he's going to help elsewhere? So the big question sort of remains, when will Ben Simmons actually suit up for the Nets? Uh, ben Simmons apparently already talked to KD and Sean Marks. Uh, I don't know about Steve Nash yet, but he's eager to join the Nets. He's going to join them on their road trip. And ramp up for a return to play this season, apparently. According to Rich Paul. We've got work to do to get him back to play, but it's a great step in the right direction, says Rich Paul, his agent. How are those mental health worries? Yeah. All right, really just quickly off the top of my head, three ways to sort of look at this. Uh, giddily positive. It works for everybody. Hooray, hooray, hooray. I mean, it does. Like, Simo gets out of Philly. That's what he wants. Uh, perfect situation, I guess, next to KD. And Ky- and sometimes Kyrie. He gets to hang out with Patty Mills, Patty Thrills. Patty can convince him to uh, come play for the Boomers. We'll win gold at the uh, next World Cup. And then, obviously, at Paris 2024, it's going to be awesome. Obviously, Simmons fixes a lot of the uh, Nets' problems on defense. And if you watch James Harden play this year, it's like, oh, yeah, he doesn't play any defense. So, like, anything is literally better than that. That's kind of handy. But getting Seth Curry is obviously a key aspect to it, as well as a bit of Andre Drummond, a bit of size. You could appreciate that. Kind of neat. Uh, flip side for Philly. I mean, Harden goes there. He goes to play next to Embiid. He wants to hang out with his best mate, apparently, in the world. Their GM, Daryl Morey. Which is still... No, sorry. This is the giddily positive reaction. Uh, this is great. They're going to win titles. There's an inside-outside attack. It happened with D-Wade and Shaq. Shaq and Kobe. I don't know. <laughs> LeBron and AD, sure. And away you go. So Harden gets to where he wants to go. Philly, they are happy. They finally got their man. They get to pay a 38-year-old James Harden $60 million if they want. Uh, and Simmons gets out of Philly where apparently he just can't play. The cynical approach would be Harden's old as fuck already. He's got the shit ton of punishment on his body. They gave up two first and Seth Curry. And that's all for the ability to pay... A bloke who's uh, seemingly, at least on evidence this year, where it seems like he might have been dogging it.
for the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> this is the cynical take, don't forget. Who could be on the downswing and doesn't exactly seemingly take the greatest care of his body. So, yeah, you've won the sweepstakes to pay Batman who fairly clan quarter of a billion bucks for the next five years after next year because he uh, opted into his contract next year. Cool. So you can extend him on top of that to another four years as well. Best of luck with that, Philly. And on the cynical side for Brooklyn, I mean, great. you got a guy who actually seemingly hates playing basketball and shrinks from the biggest stage and whose track record, I mean, what part of it makes you think that he'll pay attention to anything that Patty Mills says? So uh, that's the cynical take. The straight along the edge, probably just the most uh, boring take, is probably just the easiest one. Both teams are winners. They got what they wanted. And at least in the Nets case, they get a good return for a dude who very clearly wanted out and got Seth Curry as well. Got a couple of actual picks to make up for the picks they spent in getting James Harden 12 fucking months ago, which is insane. And it's weird that this is the point where the NBA is now, where you can force your way out of Houston to the place you want to go, I'm going to go to Brooklyn to play with my mates. And then you go play with your mates, you're like, these guys fucking suck. I hate them. Kyrie's a dick. I want out of here. Send me to Philly. And then we have to make it happen. Uh, For my mind, this very much smacks of, uh, I don't know if you've ever lived with mates. And if you do, you just sort of go, oh, wow, it's really cool hanging out with my mates. Wouldn't it be awesome if we get to hang out all the time together? And then you live together and you're like, ah, fucking Sean never does dishes. He just leaves, oh, I want to fucking punch him in the back of the head when he walks past. Never cleans the dunny. Goes in there, takes the world's biggest dump. Never turns on the fan. <laughs> That's basically been James Harden for the last 12 months with his mates KD and Kyrie. Uh, but here we are. Like, I think this really does sort of work for both teams. Like, I'll talk about this more in Yenars, but the quick reading is both teams come out winners. The Nets got a good return for Harden. Probably as good a return as they could have now, uh, especially with uh, Philly making all the noise they did about, oh, well, we could get him in the offseason anyway. Yeah, by gutting your team, you idiots. Um, but the Nets, look, they pulled the pin. Steve Nash has got to be sitting there going, God damn it, this motherfucker told me the other day he wanted to stay, he was committed. <laughs> so Steve Nash completely blindsided. Uh, and that was kind of my favorite part of uh, some of these tweets that you saw today. Uh, he said he told the Nets that he wanted it to be traded but did not demand a trade because of the public perception. That's the same fucking thing! (laughs) What? Oh, I want to be traded. Well, he's not demanding to be traded. It's like, it's basically the same fucking thing at this point, especially at that level of superstar in the NBA. Well, I would like to be traded. AKA, I'm not fucking happy here. I'm going to walk at the end of this year. Fucking trade me now, or you'll be up shit creek in like three months' time. (laughs) And here we are. Anyway, so there you go. Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond. Look, Seth Curry getting a shooter in there as well with uh, Joe Harris going after the rest of this season seemingly is a huge get for the Nets, especially losing Harden's uh, shooting and getting Simmons's. uh, uh, How you would say, oh, that's right, sheer fucking chicken shit afraid to shoot vibes. Um, And also Drummond just getting some size there as well, which, again, they kind of desperately need. Pretty handy. And the Sixers, they got Harden. They got their man. Now they better make it work. <laughs> right, other trades. Dallas, Washington. 
The Extreme Zinger Meal. Off he goes, the Zinger. The Extreme Zinger Meal. From Dallas, along with the second rounder. Um, the Wiz are like, okay, fine. We're just happy to get rid of Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans, stupid Danish beard. So that's who they get in return for the Extreme Zinger Meal. The Extreme Zinger Meal. For Kristaps Pazingas, they get Spencer Dinwiddie, a bloke that no one wanted to fucking listen to after two weeks. And it was like, crypto, crypto, crypto. Yeah, we get it, Spencer. Shut up. That was the entire Washington uh, locker room. And Davis Bertans, who... Davis Bertans, hello, I should threes. It's like, can you make some, though? Jesus. So, pretty uh, paltry return for Dallas on the Extreme Zinger Meal. The Extreme Zinger Meal. But to be fair, the way that Dallas has sort of played without him all season, it's very much clear that they're just like cutting bait and going, look, he's always hurt anyway, and we play fine without him. We just need another ball handler. We'll get another big shooter, and away we go. And that's what's happened. So, the Wiz, meanwhile, Brad Beal's out for the rest of the season. The Zinger's already, uh, you know, got a bunk, bulky knee. So enjoy that, Wiz fans. Speaking of the Wiz, they also shipped out Montrez Harold, getting rid of a couple of uh, locker room malcontents, are the Wiz. You love to see that. So he's off to the Charlotte Hornets, which is uh, pretty good for the Hornets. They need another big dude. The Wiz, meanwhile, get Ish Smith and Vernon Carey uh, in return. Vernon Carey actually just sounds like the uh, guitarist from Living Color. But anyway, uh, good get for the Hornets. I love that. Just getting a big dude who can actually fucking score a bucket. Off your bench behind uh, Mason Plumley, Sweet. And they get that for a backup point guard. Charlotte got a shit ton of ball handlers, so why not? Washington Phoenix, there was like a quick tweet from, I think, Shams about Aaron Holiday being sent to the uh, Suns from Washington as well. Who knows where that's going to happen. Uh, but then there was the four-way extravaganza between the Bucks, the Clippers, the Kings, and the Pistons. This one might have slipped under your radar, but it's pretty big. This is the Serge Ibaka, Marvin Bagley trade, where the Kings insert themselves, send Marvin Bagley off to Detroit. So the Pistons get Marvin Bagley. The Kings get Dante Di Vincenzo. Trey Lyles from uh, Detroit. Uh, Josh Jackson from Detroit. The Bucks get Serge Ibaka. Two future second rounders and some cash. And the Clippers receive Rodney the Spud Hood and Shemi Ojale. This Shemi Ojale era is finally done in Milwaukee. And Bags going to the Pistons, like, this has been mooted for a little while. Kind of nice to see it happen. But Serge Ibaka, like, he's been playing pretty bloody well now that he's back from his, uh... He had a back injury for a while, too. And it's exactly what the Bucks need. They needed uh, someone half better than Greg Munro as a backup big. And they got that in Serge Ibaka. So this is hopefully, you know, Brook Lopez comes back at some point. But in the meantime, they've got Serge Ibaka... The big problem for them is that they shipped out Dante Di Vincenzo, and then, of course, in the very first game, directly after that, Paddy Connaughton got hurt. Tough. A couple of Boston trades. Boston send. Uh, this is the Boston-Houston one. Houston get Dennis Schroeder. I am German. Rondo. Bruno Fernando. And Ines Freedom, who was waived. Bye-bye. And uh, in exchange, Boston get Danny Tice. He's coming home. He's coming home. Danny T. Danny Tice. Back to Boston. One of Brad Stevens' all-time favorite toys, Danny Tice. You love to see that. Uh, Brad Stevens was uh, basically kicked to the curb uh, for playing Danny Tice too much. And now he's like, well, I'm in charge. I'm going to bring my boy back. Boston San Antonio. The Celtics get Derek White in this trade in exchange for Josh Richo Richardson, who'd been playing pretty well. But now the Celtics get a guard to 
or better guard to replace Schroeder, which is kind of neat. And they also shipped out PJ Dozier and Bol Bol and a future second rounder and some cash to the Orlando Magic Men for a future second round pick, which is a salary dump, obviously. Uh, basically, Boston making sure they get under that salary, uh, the luxury tax floor, and then get some of that sweet, sweet cash from all those who want to pay it. Uh, so a bunch of trades from Brad Stevens, and it sort of moves the needle a little bit for Boston, like placing Schroeder with Derek White. They lose Richo, but they do. And I think they sent off uh, Romeo Langford as well. So we'll see what happens uh, in Boston from here on out. But it's kind of just like you knew that there was going to be a slew of moves to get them under the luxury tax, and whether or not that improved the on-court performance was always kind of up in the air. But I think they've done all right to get Derek White out of there. Phoenix Indy, the Suns, they get Torrey Craig. The Pacers got Jalen Smith. That's right, the pick from a couple of years ago. Number 10 pick and a second rounder. The Pacers just stealing a bit of talent here and there for not much, considering that Torrey Craig is just kind of like, you know, by the by, and you get Jalen Smith, a free look at him. Love that. Toronto, San Antonio. The San Antonio Bandera Spurs get Goran Dragic and a protected 2022 first rounder from the Raps. The Raps get Thad Young, Drew Eubanks, a.k.a. Drew Banks, and a 2022 second rounder from the Pistons. Uh, pretty neat. That pick from the Raps is protected 1 through 14 this year, 1 through 13 next year. Uh, that's kind of like the big ones and kind of it. So pretty hectic final day with the Zinger moving, Simo moving, Trez moving, Boston's uh, trade, San Antonio just throwing all of it at it. The more curious aspects were not trades, like trades that weren't made. Obviously, the Knicks did nothing. The Lakers did nothing. Jeremy, Jeremiah, Grant, he stays in Detroit. Eric Gordon remains a rocket. The Grizzlies and the Wolves sort of stood pat. Dallas have remade their team a little bit. Who knows what Washington are doing. And here we are. I mean, on top of the Sabonis Halliburton uh, trade, the CJ to New Orleans trade, like Karras to Cleveland, I mean... Pretty eventful. Cleveland! Like, there was a lot going on. It was a pretty hectic trade deadline, and I loved it. So I was up, you know, on the tweet machine all morning in bed, fucking waiting for the uh, squid to wake up. And, like, Simo happens, and it's like, you know, trying to figure out all the aspects of it. And it's all like, all right, they got Seth Curry as well, you little ripper. Good. Off they go. And boom. Uh, So that was pretty gnarly. Right, that's all the trade news. We'll talk about that some more in year Nas. Uh, the All-Star squads were also selected by KD and LeBron James. Uh, LeBron's team is way fucking better than KD's, I'm just saying. So KD picks Joel Embiid, Ja Morant, Jason Tatum, Trey Young, and Andrew Wigo Wiggins. Uh, that was his starters. LeBron had, obviously LeBron, Giannis, Steph, DeMar DeRozan, and Joker. That is unbelievable. That's like four MVPs on one fucking team. Oh, Lord. I mean, the problem is, like, KD can't pick himself, so he gets stuck with, like, uh, you know, Wiggins and Tatum, etc. But, I mean, Tatum's obviously fine. And then the rest of KD's team was Booker. Not a bad pick. Carl Anthony Towns, not bad. Adam Zaki Cakes, Levine. DeJunte Murray. Chris Middleton. Roll. Lamello and Rudy Gobert, who he took over James Harden, which was hilarious. Meanwhile, LeBron got Luca, CP3, Darius Garland, Jimmy Butler, Donnie Mitchell, Fred Van Vliet, and James Harden. LeBron's team's going to kick the fuck out of KD's team. That is remarkable. 
Seriously, he's got Luca, Darius Garland, CP3, Butts, Donny. It's a bit small, but you still do have like Joker, Giannis, and LeBron. So unbelievable. I mean, what are you going to do? Get dominated by Cat and Rudy Gobert? That's what I thought. Maybe in B, but still. Right. So that's All Star. That's going to be great fun. Until LeBron's team's up, like, you know, by a million, and then they still have to do that silly ending, and here we are. Right, let's do some game wraps from today. Let's fly through these so I can get on the beers. Uh, Memphis kicked the shit out of Detroit, 132-107. This was a smashing. Grizz dropped 41 in the first quarter and sort of just chilled from there. Credit to the Pistons for keeping it from getting to, you know, insane vibes. It was, like, down to, the, you know, 12 here and there. Uh, but the Grizz ran over the top of them. Jeremy, Jeremy Grant, ends up at 24-4 and four with a couple of blocks. 0-4 from downtown. Well, he got his wish, didn't he? Oh, man, I want to be the number one option. Well, you are now, Jeremy, and you're also getting your head kicked in by every team. 17-7 uh, and seven for Big Deke Bay. Fast Freddie Frank Jackson. Oh, geez, rough game for him, 3-13. For the Grizz, Jar had 23-4-6 and six in 30 minutes. Desmond Bain had 22 uh, and Stephen Adams Brew had a great game, eh? 16, 14, and 5 for the big Kiwi. And the bench got lots of run as well for the Grizz, like Brandon Clark, Anthony Melton, they both had 14. 13 and 10 for slow mo Carl Anderson. Detroit dropped to 12 and 43. Memphis, 39 and 18. Cruising. That is unreal. Good job, Bru- uh, Grizz. Brooklyn! After a day of trades, Washington and Brooklyn both are uh, missing a few bodies. Brooklyn, obviously, on the road, though, they had Kyrie. Uh, they lose this one, 113 to 112, one point. That's all because of a tip-in by Brooke, uh, uh, Blake Griffin right at the end on a uh, missed missed shot that would have tied it up. But I'll tell you what, a bit of a weird one, because this was back and forth all games, super tight. No team was able to sort of eke out ahead and get much of an advantage. And then just at the end of the third quarter, the Wiz just stretched out like an eight-zip run. It was crazy. Kuzma was doing a little bit of something-something. Kyrie had been fucking up Washington in the first half. They started blitzing him and throwing double teams at him as well, and that really just sort of uh, threw a fucking just spanner in his works. He's like, wait, I've barely played basketball this year. What am I doing? And then they ran away with it. Like, with only Kyrie and Patty out there, they were getting fucking cooked by a wizard team that doesn't have, like, Beal, uh, no more Trez, <laughs> no more Spencer Dinwiddie. Didn't matter. The perimeter defense of Brooklyn is just... Just so desperate for uh, Ben Simmons now that it's hilarious. And look, Brooklyn fought and fought and fought because Kyrie can just get to the line seemingly at will. Um, the tricky part was he's like looking off everybody, just going, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Cam Thomas gets an and one three right at the end. It just wasn't enough because uh, their defense just sort of let the Wiz just waltz to the fucking hoop no matter what. And uh, not ideal. Kyrie ends up with 31. He went to the line 11 times, went 10 of 11 the free throw stripe. 9 of 22 from the floor. 6 assists. Cam Thomas was awesome. 27 points. Blake had a good one. 15, 9, and 3. 13, 3, and 3 for Bloodsport. James Johnson. Paddy can only muster 7. Uh, but the rest of this team is just sort of spare parts and bits and bobs and just not good. The Wiz, I mean, that's why you get, like, Seth Curry as well as Simo. You just get good players in your team. It's going to be better. And that's like the Wiz, right? Kuzma drops a triple-double. Had 15, 13, and 10. Sure, he had 6 turnovers, but whatever. 21 for Rahul Neto. And six assists. That's the classic Royal Neto game where you look at him and go, well, we traded our starting point guard. Do you reckon he could start for us for a while? And Rail's like, no problem. I started well. I am very good. And then drops off like a fucking cliff. Game three. Uh, KCP had 13, but their bench was awesome. Armand Gill was 15 points. He was wicked. 12-4-4 four four for Rui Hachimura. 
Shot five of eight. Danny Avdijer went 13 and four. Anyway, the Wiz just... It's weird to say that they out-executed a team, but they did. Their defense was a little bit better than Brooklyn. Brooklyn was just a little bit too happy just to launch threes, and not many of them went in. So good win for the Wiz. They're 25 and 29. Brooklyn now on a 10-game losing streak, and Simo cannot get there quick enough. 29 and 26. Miami took care of New Orleans. CJ McCollum in a Pelicans jersey. Fun to see. 112-97 this game. It was a fun game, though. Like, Miami's defense is so fucking good. And, like, in a game like this where, if like, their offense is clicking a little bit and Butts and Bam just controlled this, uh, they're unreal. And, like, New Orleans, like, their defense is so sketchy. Like, you saw the warts of the Pelicans in this one, right? Their D's not great. And if dudes like Devontae Graham, he had two open looks towards the end where it really could have pushed the Pels, like, back into this game properly. He misses both, and it's like, ah, oh God. They went 11-41 from three to the uh, Pels and had 17 turnovers. CJ McCollum, I mean... You can't really fault him. He had 15 points, shot 6 of 21. Bit tough. Spindles as well, 15 points, 6 of 12, 5 turnovers for him. But, I mean, hey, it's their first game together. Well, uh, you know, cut them some slack. What do you reckon? Sound good? I think we will. Oh, getting phone calls. Fuck off. Uh, Devontae Graham, 4 of 11 from downtown in the end, 16 points, 4 turnovers. Uh, my name is Jonas Valanciunas, 16, 9, and 3 for him. And Jose Alvarado was really good again, 17 points off the bench for him. I love him. Just good headband game. Uh, Butts, 29 and 8 for him. Hit a, just a great dagger shot late. Bam! At a bow, 20 and 10 because he's awesome. 29 and 10, sorry. 13 of 21 he shot from the floor. Unreal. Big booty car, Larry. The triple-double. 14, 11, 11. He had four steals as well. Went four of seven from three. Duncan Robinson would like to have a beer with Duncan. It'd be better if he hit a shot. Two of 10 from three for his 10 points. Needed it as well, right? The heat. Um, I mean, there are other, like... Gabe Vincent, Struz, they combined to go, what, 3 of 10, I think, from downtown combined. 5 of 20, basically, from their main three-point snipers, and uh, they still hung on a one. So the Pals, they dropped to 22 and 32. Miami, 35 and 20, feeling good right there. Atop the East, just chilling. Just watching everybody make moves to scramble to catch up to them. And they're number one. Unbelievable. Speaking of uh, scrambling and making moves... Toronto, 139, beat the Rockets, 120. Uh, had 73 at the half to the Raps on a back-to-back. Incredible. They had to play their bench a bunch. That's how uh, <laughs> Nick Nurse is like, fuck. Yeah, maybe on a back-to-back I shouldn't play our dudes like 100 minutes. Uh, but that's what Toronto does. They just strangulate you, you know? And a ro- our Rockets are a team that's like, they're pretty hard to put in the dirt, you know? And they sort of snuck around a bit, kept it at around like 11, 12 for a lot of this game. And it was still around there with like three minutes left, but the Raps sorted out with like a big three from OG and then Gary Trent Derby Jr. continuing his amazing game. Uh, just put the boot in and off they went. 16 to 38 from the Rockets because Kevin Porter Jr. was awesome until right at the end we threw a bucket in for, that's right, the Raptors. Great job, KPJ. He had 30 points and eight assists, 11 to 16 from the floor, six of nine. Nice from three. Uh, Christian Wood, what ScoMo's got for dragon songs about communism on ukulele, you fucking idiot. 17, 11, and 6 assists. Can't buy a 3 at the moment. He can. 1 of 6 from downtown for Christy. Jesus. Gary Bird, 19 and 6 as well. Jalen Green at 18 with 1 assist. Thanks for coming, Jalen. And the Raps, meanwhile, 15 and 39 from downtown. Gary Trent Darby Jr. Gary Terrence Trent Darby Jr. 42! 
How you feeling, fa- uh, Portland fans? Not great? Yeah, nor should you. 15 to 26, he shot 6 to 13 from 3. He had 5 steals. He's a star. Siakam, 30 points as well. He's been crushing it. What a run for Siakam. OG, the OG Ananobi, 13 and 4. Chris Bobby Boucher had 16 and 5. Scotty B had 9, 7 and 6. Just doing a little bit of everything. Houston dropped to 15 and 40. Toronto are 31 and 23. Bloody good. What a run by the Raps. They are crushing it. They're in the sixth seed. They've won eight straight. That's incredible. It's the longest win streak in the NBA right now, too. So that's right. Your Toronto Raptors. Uh, what else? The Clippers lost in Dallas 105 112 uh, because Luca just went fucking ham. He had 28 points in the first quarter. It was amazing. He had seven threes. It was ridiculous. He shot 13 times in one quarter. He went 10 of 13. Seven of 10 from downtown. Absolutely remarkable. Seriously, I loved it. Uh, and then, of course, the Mavs let him hang too close and they never put him away. So the inevitable Clippers run came. And uh, towards the what the end of the third and the fourth, suddenly it's a three-point game. The Mavs are shitting it, but they held their nerve. And they did just enough to squeak it out. Luca hit some free throws and off they went. Good win for the Mavs. I mean, it was such a crazy explosion in the first quarter. He had 28. It's like absolutely bonkers. And it was super fun. You're like, oh, God, he's just launching it again. And they get going again. Anyway, Mook Morris should have been suspended for this game. Fuck him. 21 points. Norm Powell at 19-6-6. Reggie Jackson at 18-8. That's assist there. T-Man had 13 as well. Batum chucked in 10 with a couple of threes. So did Duckman with his eight. Uh, but the Mavs just controlled this. They out-rebounded them 41-31. to 31. Luca. Luca, Luca, Luca. 51 points in the end. I kind of glossed over that because he had 28 and one quarter, but he ends up with 51. Just a lazy fitty burger for the big Slovenian. You love to see it. 17 of 26 from the floor. He barely missed. 7 of 14 from downtown. 9 rebounds, 6 assists. He was awesome. Uh, Jalen Brunson had 11, 5, and 4. He shot 3 of 12. Not ideal, but uh, 12 and 7 for uh, the newly extended Dorian Finney-Smith, who signed a uh, four-year, $55 million extension. Love that. It's a good price as well for Dallas. Jeez, you'll take it every day, won't you? Starting small forward. Gives you a little bit of everything. Pretty good defensively. Pretty handy from three. Not bloody bad. He and Reggie Bullock both went 2 of 6 from downtown. Uh, Reggie Bullock, sniper alert! Had 11. Just a good game from the Mavs. Uh, they're now 33 and 23. The Clips are 27 and 30. The finals rematch, baby! Phoenix handled Milwaukee. It's not a gong for the good land today. 131-107. Awesome first half. But the Suns just sort of, uh, towards the second half of that second quarter, they just showed you what they do. What do they do? They had to execute you. They started to dissect them like uh, you're in like, you're a, like it's a frog in fucking what, year eight biology? Was it year eight you did a frog? I remember doing rats with the... Uh, I remember the smell. That was brutal. Anyway, uh, that was year 10, maybe. Anyway, just all the cuts, the threes, just the defense, just getting in their heads. Aiton was just doing everything. And between them sort of slowing down Giannis and transition, it's like, holy shit. This is like the first two games of the finals last year. Just the sheer size of Phoenix. Like, it's just slowing down Giannis. And uh, they could never get going from downtown when they walk out. And bang, the sun just ran away with the second half. Like, killed him. They got straight fucking killed. So he got straight killed. I mean, 18 assists for the Bucks, 
CP3 had 19. He had assisted the entire Bucks team. Uh, Paddy C, as I mentioned, has a uh, fracture in his right fourth metacarpal, which is brutal. Literally the day they traded away Don Deggie Vincenzo. And the Bucks just had no answers, and Phoenix smashed them. So, look, 14 turnovers for the Bucks to 8, 10 of 38 from downtown, just not good. Uh, just not good all around from the Bucks, right? Like, Giannis goes 18, 7, and 8, but he shot 5 of 14, 0 of 3 from 3. Middleton had 21, but he went 1 of 6 from distance. 21, 5, and 4 for Drew Holiday. He was probably their best player. Paddy Connaughton went 1 of 7 from deep before he left. Nawara went 1 of 7, 0 of 4 from downtown. This is brutal up and down the uh, roster for the Bucks. The Suns, meanwhile, shot 56% from the floor. Smashed it. 17-7 and 19 for CP3. 19 assists! He out-assisted the entire other team. Booker had 17. Uh, took him 19 shots, but whatever. Who's counting? Uh, DeAndre Ayton had 27-7. and seven. He was just dominant at times. Like He was just out there uh, laying the smackdown, and it was pretty bloody brutal. And the Bucks just had no answer for him, right? With just... Bobby Portis is out there trying to start fights. Bobby Portis, he had a pretty good game. He was 11 of 9, but he shot 12 times for those 11 points. But Aiton just dominated. He shot 12 of 14, Aiton. That is incredible. Uh, 18 points for Bridges. Cam Johnson finished the third quarter on a high note. He went 6 of 8 from the floor, 3 of 4 from downtown, 15 points, 8 rebounds. Big win for Phoenix. Millie Walker dropped to 35 and 22. Suns, 45 and 10. And the final game of today, the Knicks hold on to beat the Warriors. What? That's horrible. This is horrible. There's no other way to put it. If you're a Warriors fan, 116-114. Clay Thompson had a chance to tie to the buzzer from the free throw line. Bang, clonk. Just long. Poor Clay. You know Clay's hit that shot about like 80 million fucking times. And in like a game where it's only, you know, he's only played a few a handful of games since he's cut back from his injury. You give him another month, he knocks that shot in like 100% of the time. So, bit of a tough one. He just like didn't quite have his legs under him as he went up for it. But, yeah, strange one. But this was a crazy game. The Knicks never let the Warriors sort of get inside their heads. And they just stuck with them, got up, up at halftime, and then they just kept them at bay. Like, none of the Warriors sort of role players. This was that without RJ Barrett as well for the Knicks, who was out with his ankle injury from uh, Tibbs playing him the other day. And the Knicks just really muscled them and fucked them up. Like, it was pretty crazy. The Warriors, it was like their lack of size really sort of was telling, their lack of Draymond and that sort of, like, defensive just uh, bulldog vibe. They didn't have it. Like, Steph played awesome. He had 35 and 10. He shot 11 and 25 from the floor, 5 of 16 from 3, but they got out-rebounded 51 to 38. And... uh the turnovers are pretty rough, but yeesh. Clay had 17, 7, and 5, but he shot 7 of 17 for his 17. That's a lot of 7s. Uh, Wigo, that's right. All-star Andrew Wiggins, 15, 7, and 4. Come bucket. Jonathan Kaminga, 17 and 5 for him. He gave him a little bit of something-something, and he had a really good sort of last quarter, but they just didn't have that extra oomph. Steph and Clay were kind of on, but they were. it's kind of like similar to how they've been for probably the last two months plus, right, where they've been good enough at times to sort of win these games. But if uh, the opposition steps up like the Knicks did today and they aren't completely, absolutely on one, the Warriors can be beat. Pulled with the 11 on 11, just not enough. Uh, the Knickerbockers of New York City, though, 28-16-7 for Julius Randle. Julius, what a game. 
16 rebounds. Unbelievable. 22 and uh, 5 of 13 from downtown for Evan. Don't Google me Fournier. Cam Reddish had 12 points in 19 minutes. The other Mitch Robinson was doing damage on the boards. He was uh, kind of everywhere, was the other Mitch Robinson. Had 11 rebounds, 7 points, but in his 28 minutes, he was just really wildly effective. Uh, Taj Gibson was handy as well, 10 and 7 for him. But Alec Burks, 15, 6 and 5, uh, filling in for RJ and doing a bloody good job too. So big win for the Knicks. They needed that desperately. I think they're now 25 and 31. The Warriors dropped to 41 and 15. But crazy vibes, crazy vibes. All right, let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night, however. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Oh, honorable mention to Gary Trent Jr. Gary Terrence Trent Derby Jr. was amazing today. Like the Raptors needed every bit of his 42 points to uh, make sure that uh, Houston stayed dead. Because Houston are that team where it's like they'll just sort of keep coming because they're so young they don't know any better. Same with Detroit sometimes. Uh, but 42 points, 15 of 26 goes Gary. Gary Trent, 6 of 13 from downtown, 4, point, uh, four rebounds, 4 assists, sorry. <gasps> Take a breath, Jimmy. I've had too much coffee. 5 steals. What happens when you get up early because of the fucking show deadline? But that's it. Gary Trent Jr., both ends of the floor. I mean, Portland, what a horrible array of mistakes they've made that the Blazers send off a now 23-year-old Gary Trent Derby Jr. in exchange to Norm Powell, who they then have to salary dump because they've just completely mishandled their entire team. He was unreal. Great job, Gary. But, of course, the approved performance of the day has to go to the bloke who scored 28 points in the first quarter and ended up with 51. Luka Vukovic, 17 of 26 from the floor, 7 of 14 from downtown, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal a block, 7 turnovers, but you get that on the big jobs, and 51 points is a big bloody job. But that was amazing. The fact that he didn't hit a 3 after the first quarter was a bit like a, huh? But he took 4 more of them and uh, still controlled that game and was clutch as shit down the stretch. So great job, Luka. That's his first 50-burger ever, which is crazy to think about considering you feel like he's always having these big, big, big scoring explosions. And he finally did it. 51. Luca, what a game. That was awesome. That's easily the NBA Australia Pro performance of the night. Who was Spud of the night, however? Spud, 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 the night. Uh, a couple of young dudes. Ain't no stopping. OB topping. Unless you're the Warriors. He played 11 minutes and went one of six. Yeesh. Not ideal, bro. Kemba. Classic Kemba. Three of ten. One of five from downtown. Uh, but we also had that crazy... Look, I don't like the shit on the young dudes. Corey Kispert goes two of 13 for the Wiz. Two of eight from downtown. Six points in 30 minutes, bro. Amir Coffey, he needed a double shot this morning. 0 of 5 from the floor. 0 of 2 from downtown in his 14 minutes. And Frank Fast, Freddie Frank Jackson, 3 of 13. Gross! Absolute scenes there. And in terms of like, I don't know, Belly Belita went 1 of 5. And there was a couple of other ones. But to be honest, not too many giant spud-worthy games today, which is always like a nice little like, oh, isn't that okay? Everybody had a good day. It's like one of those ones like, ah, I'm just happy I didn't get traded. Like, Tyus Jones goes one of six. Uh, Gabe Vincent, as mentioned, like he and uh, Struz had a bit of a rough shooting night. Gabe goes one of six as well. The one of seven for Paddy Connaughton before he went out was pretty tough. And Nawara as well, one of seven. But 
Corey Joseph, what, two of eight for the Pistons, but who gives a fuck? So, good job. Good job, everybody. You uh, did okay. Now, who did not go okay in Old Mate No Mates? Old mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? Ben Simmons in Philly. Jeez, love the Embiid meme of the uh, gentleman very well dressed at the funeral. Uh, if you are not familiar with that meme, it's he's very dressed up because he was just there to make sure that the haters were dead. <laughs> so good. Embiid might be, like, just heads and shoulders above every other NBA player in their online interactions. He is fucking amazing. I love him. Uh, But, yeah, Embiid very clearly not entirely sad to see the back of Ben Simmons. And the flip side, James Harden in Brooklyn. You had literally everybody seemingly, apart from Patty Mills, because he's too good of a bloke, uh, sitting there and saying... Oh, yeah, look, you know, we're just uh, we're happy with the team who want to be here. Oh, I get it. So Harden was just a dick to be around, clearly. And Kyrie was even talking out the side of his mouth about it. He was like, yeah, man, I just uh, it'd be really good. Like, I wish all the best for James. But, you know, in the locker room, you just do get, like, hints here and there. It's like, mate, you're only in the locker room, like, fucking not even half. You've only played half a season, and you're not even playing half of that half, you idiot. How do you know? But anyway, Blake Griffin, same sort of vibe. And KD... Uh, obviously picking Rudy Gobert ahead of Harden in the uh, All-Star draft was like the last sort of old mate, no mates. Nah, this guy's your fucking mate now, Joel. <laughs> Love that. So there you go. Both sides of the Simo and Harden trade. Like, it is the rare experience where both fan bases in a trade are happy as shit to get rid of the dude that they're getting rid of and receiving the, the dude that the other team is giving up. You know? That's crazy, and I kind of love it. Panting of the night. Uh, Steph tore up Julius Randle. That was pretty funny, but Randle got the last laugh because uh, they won. But, yeah, he sent him in a uh, bit of a, what is it, the old spin cycle. Jesus, Steph. Randle went this way, went that way. Then my my legs went this way, my arms went that way. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., as mentioned, bounced the ball at the end of the game up and it went through the Raptors' bucket, uh, scoring a bucket for the Raptors at the end of the game. He is not on the Raptors. Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, that's a pants on. Uh, Ben Simmons with that graphic from NBC Sports Philly uh, comparing Harden and his stats this year. Of course, Simo has no stats. And even when they got to the three-point percentage, it just said, lol. Uh, That was pretty funny. And Tim Legler on ESPN, Dak the Zinger, saying, oh, he's like, he's been called the unicorn. Well, he's a unicorn because you never fucking see the bloke. (laughs) Not bad. That's pretty good, Legs. Uh, what else we got? Better than Lonzo Ball? Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you're going to get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. The uh, lone sort of bright spot, beside you know Kyrie being pretty bloody good against the uh, Wizards today, for the Nets, Cam Thomas, their rookie, 27 points, 11 of 18 shooting, 4 of 8 from downtown. It's fascinating to sort of see him and the uh, green light that he has versus, like, you know, how Patty Mills is sort of uh, a little bit more concerned with, like, getting the team going. <laughs> Cam Thomas is like, I've got the ball. I'm shooting. And uh, he was awesome, though. Like, he was the only sort of other weapon that the Nets had out there that sort of helped keep them in touch at times against the Wiz. And he was, he's was he got, like, no fucking A, shame, B, uh, 
scaredy catness in him at all. <laughs> like he is happy to fucking launch. So I love Cam Thomas today, and therefore the 27 points, 11 of 18, shooting 4 of 8 from 3, better than Lonzo Ball. And finally, it is Friday. Let's do it. Dickhead of the week. Dickhead of the week. I'm still getting over how Marcus Morris didn't get suspended for fucking clotheslining Jama Rant midair as he was going up for a fucking layup. Mook Morris, easily dickhead of the week and should have been suspended for a couple of games. That was fucked. And you saw another highlight today, like one of the Clemson players or whatever. Was it Clemson or Auburn? One of the players just absolutely fucking hip-checking some poor bugger going up for a goddamn layup as well. And every time that happens, you just like Andrew Bogut flashbacks are just mangulating your arm underneath your fucking body. So Mook Morris can go fuck himself easily. Dickhead of the week. All right, I've got some an absolutely massive slew of yeah from listeners right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some yeah nahs. They're brought to you by today, Manscaped. That's right, exciting news from our mates over at Manscaped. They just launched their fourth-generation performance package. That's right. It's got the lawnmower 4.0 in it, which is awesome. I love the 4.0. It's got everything you need. And Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming, have done it again to make your grooming game next level. So join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the new performance package 4.0 because it's got everything you need in it. Go check this out. All right, so go to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code STRAYER. But the best part is just talk about a simple idea. What makes your life all the better with, like, the least amount of effort. I'll tell you what, looking after your junk, and I'll tell you what, you never want any Knicks. It's just like this household. Like, if the squid ever came home and went, Dad, I'm a Knicks fan, I'm like, nah, you're not on your bike, son. He'd be like, but Dad, I'm three. I'm like, I don't care. Uh, (laughs) You know what your bike is. Uh, Basically, we want no Knicks, right? And that's the best part about the performance package and specifically the lawnmower 4.0 because it comes with the advanced skin-safe technology, the trimmer. That's right, the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is amazing. You get the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. You get the Crop Preserver ball deodorant, the Crop Reviver toner. It's all about looking after your junk. You got the Performance Boxer briefs in there as well and a travel bag to hold it all up. Tell you what, every time I go to the beach, I'm like, God damn. Luckily, I've got this awesome one from uh, my mates over at Manscaped. So check it out. The Lawnmower is incredible. Uh, the advanced skin, safe, advanced skin Safe technology, the light... It'll make your life so much easier. And everybody goes anywhere near your balls will appreciate it. You, your partner, anybody, I'm telling you. And I'll tell you what, seriously, like, it's waterproof. The weed whacker, that'll sort out your ears and nose as well. No one wants to deal with that. Seriously, it's like the sneaky secret of everything. Look after your ear hair, look after your nose hair, and everybody will be better for it. And the cool thing is they also throw the boxes and the shed, your travel bag in there. So go to tw- go to manscaped.com, bang in that code Strayer, and you'll get 20% off as well and free shipping. So it's 20% off free shipping, the code Strayer at manscaped.com. Your balls have been through enough this year already. It's only February, you know that. But treat them with the best tools from the job from Manscaped. All right, let's do it. Yeah, Nas time. 
We've got a bunch of them. Uh, Jez Oz. Yeah, nah, Jimmy. Ant-Man is the best. Yeah, nah. Yeah, he is. I don't know if you saw this clip, but he was like busy ordering like, you know, food. Uh, <laughs> some food for his dinner on like, you know, Seamless or... Uh, what's the... Yeah, the Seamless is the one in the uh, States. Anyway, DoorDash. Who knows? And he's like, yeah, yeah, just give me a second. Give me a second. And the reporter's all sitting there going, oh, okay. He's <laughs> just on his phone <laughs> ordering his dinner. I love that. So, Jez, you nailed that one. Right, trades. Dan Drosher. Yeah, nah, Jimmy. Biggest win of the trade period is Big Cock Jock. Drew Banks out of the rotation. Jock Landale in. Yeah, nah. Yeah. I love this. Absolutely loved it because in getting rid of Drew Eubanks, who is a giant spud, they also ship out Thad uh, Junk Buckets Young, do San Antonio. And it's one of those things where Popovich now has Jock sitting there going... Now do I get to play Pop? Now? And hopefully Popovich is like, all right, yeah, I've got no other options, I guess. You're my backup backup big man, Jock, so go get him. And he'll be out there going, ah, running into it. So he is a very, very, very big winner is Jock Landau. The problem is like overcoming Pop's anti-Australian bias and uh, not wanting to develop Jock in case he comes out and kicks the shit out of the USA at the World Cup and uh, the Olympics in the next couple of years. So... Just saying, you got to try to balance that in your brain. So go go get him, Jock. I'm excited. He's a big winner out of all that. I was happy when like I saw the Spurs news pop up. I'm like, oh, thank fuck it wasn't Jock being traded. It was the dudes in front of him in the rotation. You little ripper. So that's a good one. Paul Arnie, he's got a bunch of them for me. All right, is Daryl Morey a dipshit for holding out so long on doing that trade? Yeah, nah. Nah. I mean, I think he's actually played it pretty well as Morey. What I'd be more interested in is whether or not they'll launch a tampering investigation because that seems sus as fuck that they're just like, oh, well, we know we can sign him in the offseason. Right, how do you know that? Oh, well, we've just we've judged the wins. <laughs> what are you talking about? Moray, look, for all the shit we gave him about not trading Simo in, earlier in the year, he got the dude he wanted. So I think... He nailed that one. I think Sean Marks is actually pretty smart in getting as much as he did and holding on and not doing this a little bit earlier and sort of getting Seth Curry, getting two first-rounders out of it as well. So I think Moray is more of a dipshit for just falling in love with James Harden and thinking, well, this is going to be a great vibe for the next five years. Um, that's what confuses me, right? So I'm going to say, nah, I think Moray did all right by holding on to Simo as long as he did and not panicking and realizing that he could get hard and, and getting his man. So that's all right. Uh, is the last two days of this trade period some of the better finishes to the trade period ever? Yeah, nah. Yeah, like the, sort of these three days, sort of from the CJ McCollum trade, uh, the Sabonis Halliburton trade, like it was nicely spaced rather than getting like four or five big ones all at once like we have in past years. Uh and this one was nicely spaced, so we all sort of got to sit back, reflect on what has happened, and appreciate it as well. So, yeah, I reckon Paul's nailed that one. It was actually a really good last few days. So that's a good one. Next one. Should the Lakers buy out Rusty and go sign Dante? Yeah, nah. Why buy him out? <laughs> Just tell him to sit home. Just bring over Dante anyway, I reckon. Uh, but, yeah, look, I think Exum's kind of the dude they kind of need as well, right? You don't exactly need the world's largest amount of scoring. You just need like a dude who's going to move and cut and play defense. And Dante Exum would actually sort of help the Lakers a 
fairly fucking big amount, if you ask me. Just get out there, play some Mad Dog defense on some dudes. Do your best uh, Caruso impression. Well, Exum can do that in a heartbeat. So that's a good one, Paul. Uh, Paul has also thrown in a uh, a pointed uh, <laughs> jab that I'm yet to send him his uh, stubby holder. But that's all right. Uh, has Adam Silver secretly manipulated the Ben Simmons situation so Patty Mills is ineligible for six man of the year? Yeah, nah. I wouldn't be surprised. So, yeah, because it means that uh, Patty's had too many starts. So if anybody, like me, uh, had their uh, had a bit of money on Patty Mills for six man of the year, he's probably started too much to win it now. But maybe he goes back to the bench with Simo there, and maybe he still goes on to win it. But Silver and his anti-Strayan bias campaign, I wouldn't be surprised. And these are, uh, here we go. We've got a bunch from Simo and Patty. And I'm going to get to this. We've got, what do we got? Four or five here. So we've got... So this one's from Paul. Will Patty Mills convince Ben Simmons to wear the green and gold at the next World Cup slash Olympics? Brett Polglace, he's at Jimmy. With the Simo trade, the Nets hazing of him is definitely him getting bashed with pillowcases full of soap at night. Yeah, nah, I can see Patty, Bill, Patty Mills not participating and watching it all happen with a tear in his eye. Matt Lanyon goes, Jimmy, reckon the Nets should force Simo to shadow Patty for like four weeks to get his head right and avoid Kyrie's trying to open his third eye. And Matt Million uh, says... Got a yeah nah for you. Now Ben is in the same team as Paddy Thrills. Paddy can unlock Ben's real potential and finally make him a boomer, an NBA superstar. If anyone can do it, it's Paddy Thrills motherfucking Mills. To all of those, I'm going to say, yeah, nah. Nah. We love the idea that Paddy is in contact with Simo. And I think I tweeted out the uh, quote about Patty being in contact with him and being here for him all the time. I'm... Color me uh, a little bit skeptical that Ben Simmons will actually pay attention to what Patty brings and be his Mr. Miyagi. My wish is that that happens. So when I say, yeah, nah, nah, I want, yeah, nah, yeah. I want all that to be true. I want Patty to unlock Ben's potential like Matt Million ass. I've got Matty Lanyon saying, yeah, Simo should fucking shadow Patty for like the next two months, like nonstop. Like he should be, they should be joined at the fucking hip. Patty Mills should be taking him to like all the good coffee places right there. Go hang out down in Dumbo. Go chill out just around the uh, Nets arena. Go get a nice place just up the road. It'd be pretty bloody good. And uh, Brett Polglace with the uh, hazing. Like, it would be pretty funny to see what a KD reckons of Simo. But the idea of, like, will Patty Mills convince Simo to, like, be a boomer? Will he actually take him under his wing? I know that Patty will try. My skepticism is based on Ben Simmons' track record of uh, not exactly being receptive to that sort of stuff, right? So I really hope that he does. And this is where I sort of land with the unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at me, look at me, look at me. I wish Ben Simmons absolutely nothing but the best. I want the best for Simo. I want the best for the Nets. I want the best for the Boomers. And I want him to play for the Boomers. I think the way that he handled the Philly situation was completely fucked. Completely shithouse. And pretty fucking inexcusable. Like... Just absolute fucking crybaby territories, right? Now, I am 
absolutely fascinated by the simple idea that Ben Simmons has to put his mental health issues behind him, step up, play for the Nets, show some growth in his game, and as a man. Because he's got no excuses now. Oh, Joel and Doc were really mean to me. (laughs) Really? All right. You reckon KD and Kyrie are going to be the world's most supportive fucking buddies? (laughs) Patty will be. Patty will always be there for him. And this is what I want to happen. I want Patty to be just like the the calming voice of reason in Simo's ear at all times, here, there, and everywhere. He's there for him at every turn. Patty's like, I've got you, buddy. I've got you. And we all need that. We all need that person in our fucking life. Ben Simmons clearly most of all. And Patty Mills to sort of uh, step up and uh, take him under his wing and just sort of go, look, man, in terms of your game, like there are things that representing your country can unlock for you. And like you'll be playing in different systems. It'll be really fun. We've got a great group of dudes. Come hang out with us. It's going to be great. And then who knows what Simo's going to say or do, but whatever. But I think this combo of like, you know, will Patty actually convince him? I want him to. I would fucking love him to. I think it's going to take a lot of work. <laughs> and I think it's going to take a lot of work for Simo to become his absolute best. But I want him to do that. I want him to reach his potential. There's a reason this fucking show is called NBA Australia because I love basketball. And I love this fucking country. And I love the folks who represent us, you know? And I want them to represent us awesomely. And the way that Ben has gone about it he doesn't want any bar of it. That's tough for us to fucking swallow. It's, it's obvious, right? So Paddy Mills, the absolute fucking best of us, if he can't sort of sway that, then it's kind of like, okay. But still, I want it to happen. Absolutely would love for it to happen. Speaking of which, let's do a Friday Outback Takehouse. It's Friday. And out back, you know what that means? Oh yeah, ice cold 4 for 1 TGIF Foster's Oil Drum Cans. Full of icy cold Foster's Lager. That's right, it's Australian for horse piss. I mean beer, shit, that was a slip of the tongue. Anyway, today's Flame Grill take is... Ben Simmons will win a title before James Harden and Joel Embiid. Because Kyrie Irving will get the vaccine in the next two weeks just to tell James Harden... He's a massive fuckhead. Only at Outback. Right, so this is where I sort of... I think it'd be hilarious if Kyrie got the vaccine. But I think Simo and the fit in Brooklyn is amazing. It's exactly what they need. They need someone who can just... Like, Simo isn't exactly the dude who goes, right, give me your best player on the perimeter. I'm going to clamp him down. But he might turn into that dude now, which is awesome. I mean, that was kind of the strength of Philly, right? They had Matty T and they had Simo. And it's just like, give him the clamps, boys. And they're like, all right, cool. And they'd sort of be handing off, switching, boom, and nobody could do anything. Simo out there now, he and KD could be absolutely wildly formidable as a uh, defensive sort of combo, as well as on offense. Like, he opens up the sort of pace and space version of this Nets team more than Harden does, and it's going to be fucking fascinating. So I can't wait. Let's go, Simo. Let's get him back. Let's fucking go. All right. I'll do Australian Player Watch right after this. This is Chris Anstey, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, Australian Playwatch, let's go! Patty Thrills in that loss to Washington I mentioned 
He only had the seven points. He went three of eight from the floor, one of four from downtown. Four rebounds, five assists. Uh, it was a lot of him and uh, Kyrie sort of trying to figure it all out. Now that he's uh, got a new teammate, though, and Ben Simmons, who knows what's going to happen. Excited for that. The only other Aussie in action today was Josh Green. He got 14 minutes in that win against the Clippers. He had four points, went two or two from the floor, had three rebounds and two assists, and did a little bit of everything. I kind of love it. Uh, the problem is, like, the Dallas Mavericks bring in, obviously, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, another sort of wing ball, well, a ball handler, ball handler and a bit of a uh, lengthy kind of dude who can play next to Luca. Hopefully, Josh Green keeps getting these minutes, so... Because he's playing bloody well, just saying. All right, what about the Luke Longley Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Role-Playing? That's right, the bloke, who, the bloke who just does their bloody job award, the Luke Longley Award. I'll tell you who it is today. One of my favorite weirder ones that I haven't brought up is JaVale McGee. And it was kind of fun because I, like, I had this written down. I was like going through it already. And then at halftime of the uh, Phoenix Bucks game, Shaq was very contrite and all the shit that he's given JaVale for ages. And he's like, you know, he, go, he goes to Golden State. They taught him how to be a champion. And now he's got more rings than Chuck. <laughs> Which is funny. But, I mean, JaVale's 34 and he's kind of gone everything, right? He's gone from Wunderkind over there in uh, Washington and just then floats around the NBA, lands in a pretty good position in the Warriors, does a great job. And he's been fucking amazing as the backup center for the Suns this year. Every time he's been asked to start when Aiton's been out, he's stepped up. And his last three games, like his last week, he's been incredible. 16 points, 8 rebounds, 3 blocks against the uh, Bulls. 15 points, 12 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 blocks against the Sixers, one of his old teams. 12 points, 4 rebounds against the Bucks today with 3 steals. He shot 6 and 9. Nice. Uh, from the floor as well. And he's just doing his bloody job. They're like, JaVale, can you come in and back up uh, DeAndre when he's not playing? Well, when he's playing. And when he's not playing, we might get you or Bismack to start. He's like, yeah, no problem. I'm going to come in and kick some ass. It's like, JaVale McGee. What a turnaround in career that's been, right? Like, it's just kind of weird. So from Washington to Denver to Philly to Dallas to Golden State, the Lakers on Cleveland for that weird little start. Cleveland. And now absolutely just like being probably the best version of himself at age 34? Unbelievable. Great job. He's like shooting 65% from the floor this year. <laughs> and like averaging a 10 and 7. Great job, Javal. Great job. Just doing his bloody job. Ah, the Patty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. This one's easy. It's the inspiration board. Well, Patty Mills just had some words for Ben Simmons. We're getting a very hungry, excited basketball player saying that he talked to uh, Ben. Talked to him a lot lately. Says the Nets are getting an unbelievable passer. A great defender and a very hungry, excited basketball player. And then went on to say, I've got his back. I've always had his back. And now I've got the opportunity to be with him. I've had his back from afar. And I was wish I wish I was with him early in his career. So I'm excited to be with him in this aspect. If you don't want to run through a fucking wall for Patty Mills, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what a fucking legend. Oh, I love him. That's incredible. Get a mate who has your back as much as Patty Mills. Is it possible? I hope so. All right, let's do some game previews for the next four days. Watch out. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it all going? I'll be better when I've had a beer. Tell you that much. Getting a bit antsy for a uh, sweet, sweet tin. Uh, so we went four of seven on the picks today. Uh, missed on the Warriors. What happened there? Uh, missed on Millie Walker. What happened there? 
uh, and missed out. I picked Houston yesterday because I thought Toronto might let them sort of stick around a little bit closer on a back-to-back, but they did not because Gary Trent Jr. went, nah, fuck yes. So four of seven leaves us at 474 of 821 total, which is, uh, tell you what, pretty bloody good. Exciting times. All right, now, tomorrow we've got four days worth of previews here because with uh, the Super Bowl on Monday, we are hosting the Catfishers Super Bowl party uh, in Fitzroy here in Melbourne uh, from 10.30 in the morning. So if you haven't got your tickets, go get one now at thecatfish.com.au. It's five bucks, basically, just to reserve yourself a spot. Come down, drink some beers. It's going to be awesome. But that also means I'm not going to be doing a show on Monday. Uh, Learned my lesson from last year where I was absolutely shit-faced, and it sucked. (laughs) Because that's the problem. Super Bowl, just drinking all day. Pretty long game. Gets out of hand. Hanging out with mates, talking some shit. And then uh, you turn around, you're fucking polaxed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Try to do a show. Right, but tomorrow. So I'm going to do the four days worth of previews and our next show will be on Monday, so uh, Tuesday. So let's do it. Charlotte, they play in Detroit tomorrow. The Hornets are six and a half point favorites. It's a bit of a tricky one. So Montrez might be there in time. I might go Detroit plus six and a half here because they're both on a back-to-back, but Detroit still at home. They might just stick around with Charlotte and uh, hang on. And they probably won't win that one, Detroit, but I think they'll make a nuisance of themselves and Charlotte will leak it out. OKC, they go to Philly. Philly, a newly fired up Embiid. OKC are 12.5-point underdogs. I'm actually still going to go OKC here, even on the road. Uh, The Thunder, look, the Sixers might lay the smackdown, and I reckon they'll look very impressive. Don't know if Harden will suit up for them quickly enough, but OKC can hang around, I think, and uh, cover that 12.5. I think the Sixers still win. It's going to be absolutely awesome to uh, see the new version of the Sixers, though. Cleveland, they play Indy. So it's Karras. He just got traded from Indy to Cleveland, and now he's going back. My sweet baby, Karras LeVert. Uh, The Cavs are six-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm taking that in a heartbeat because they're a very, very good team, and Indiana are not. Denver, they're going to have Halliburton as well. That's going to be awesome. Uh, Denver, they go to Boston. This is a fascinating game. So Boston are four-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I'm going to take the Celtics because even with the sort of chopping and changing of their roster, uh... I just think the perimeter talent for Boston would be a little bit too much for Denver. So the four and a half seems pretty easy to me. Joker might absolutely tear them a new one, but hang in time, Lord. Should be a good battle. I'm going to get the Celtics to uh, win that one. So give me the Celtics minus four and a half. San Antonio play Atlanta. I'm taking the Hawks here. Talk about roster change. I think the Hawks, uh, them standing sort of pat, they'll be fine. Uh, The Spurs, though, a lot of sort of new faces, changed faces. The Hawks should win that one pretty easily. Minnesota, Chicago. The Jimmy Butler Bowl. Love that. The Tibbs Bowl. Even though Tibbs is now over there. Chicago are four and a half point favorites at home as well. The Wolves, a bit wonky, a bit weird of late. The Bulls, steamrolling MFers. This is tricky. I'm going to take the Bulls. I trust them a little bit more than I trust the Wolves, which is not at all. Uh, so give me the Bulls there. Orlando, they go to Utah. 12 and a half point underdogs. The Magic Men, I'm still probably going to take the Jazz. Yeah, 12.5. So give me the Jazz plus 12.5, uh, minus 12.5 against Orlando. Sunday, we've got 11 games, 11 games. We've got New York at the Blazers. Can the Knicks string together a couple of wins? I think so. Give me the Knicks. Uh, Portland showed a lot of fight against the Lakers, and that's kind of all they needed to do. They beat the Lakers in that one game. <laughs> Everyone will remember it, and uh, the Knicks, I think, can uh, sort that one out. Memphis, they go to Charlotte. That's going to be a great game on Sunday. Uh, give me the Grizzlies. Charlotte would be on a back-to-back. It would be a bit tough. 
uh, for them to keep up with a really good team. Sacramento, they go to Washington. Uh, the Suvlaki King going to Washington. That's going to be fun. I'm going to take the Kings. I think they can uh, get a bit of mojo going now with the Darren Fox, Suvlaki King, Demata Sabonis combo. Yeah, give us the combo pack, Suvlaki King. San Antonio on a back-to-back. They go from Atlanta to New Orleans. I'll take the Pelicans there as well to get a big win. Philly and Cleveland. This is going to be absolutely awesome. I think Philly can win back-to-back games here. I think they beat OKC. OKC on uh, Saturday. I think they cover, though. I think Philly can beat Cleveland. Just a couple of day, a couple of road games for Cleveland. They're very, very good. We know that. But Philly might have a bit of a chutzpah about them after this trade. So give me the sixes. Denver on a back-to-back. They go to Toronto. I'm going to take the Raptors. Thank you very much. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Joker goes in that one. But here we are. Miami, they host Brooklyn. I'm going to take the Heat. Uh, the Nets, without Simo, they'll have Kyrie. Uh, but I think Miami will just smash them. OKC, go to Chicago. I think I'll take the Bulls in that one. Just These are all head-to-head picks, obviously, because there's no lines yet. Dallas, they host the Clippers again. I'm going to take the Mavs again. Golden State, they host the Lakers. Woo! LeBron versus Stephen Clay. It should be great. Give me the Warriors, though. Lakers are a mess. Phoenix, they host Orlando. And they should smash the magic. Uh, Monday, Super Bowl Monday. Boston host Atlanta. I'm going to take the Celtics there to win that one. That should be a great game. Minnesota at Indy. Maybe watching uh, some of these games at the uh, Caddy before the game. So that's what do you reckon? Minnesota at Indy. I'll take the Wolves to uh, actually finally back that one up and win that one in Indy. They're the only two games on Monday, which is why I'm not going to do the show on Monday. We'll do uh, weekend winners and losers on Tuesday because there's another nine games then. So... On Tuesday, we've got Detroit at Washington. I'll take the Wizards to uh, beat the Pistons. Brooklyn hosts Sacramento. I think this is when they start getting their mojo back. They snap that losing streak and uh, win that one at home. The Thunder go to the Knickerbockers. I think the Knicks can win that too and actually get a couple of wins on the trot. Chicago hosts the Spurs. Give me the Bulls. The Bucks host the Blazers. The Bucks will smash them. Toronto go to the Pelicans. That's a great game. Toronto at the Pelicans. I might take the uh, Pels. Yeah, we'll take the Pelicans in that one. Toronto. Uh, Denver, they host Orlando. I'll take the Nuggets. Utah host Houston. That should be a really tasty one, actually. Jazz, Houston. Uh, Give me the Jazz. Golden State, they go to Clippers. I'll take the Warriors. And away we go. There you go. That's four days worth of previews. And uh, we'll be back on Tuesday. Unless I'm not shit-faced on Monday. Which I probably will be. So, I don't know. If I'm not shit-faced, I might do like a uh, late show Monday. But I'll probably just take the day off and do Tuesday. Just a heads up. (laughs) And if you want to come hang out, come down to the Catfish on Monday. Drink some beers, talk some shit. Should be great. We'll be there all fucking day. That's the problem, you know. It just keeps going and going and going. Turns into the entire fucking day. Jimmy shit-faced. You don't want to hear me do another show shit-faced. Either way, so we're back on Tuesday. Check out NBA Show on Twitter, Face the IG. Get around NFL Australia. Myself and Gaz have got a really awesome Super Bowl preview show that's up now. Subscribe to that. Check it out. Uh, get around World Wrestling Australia with Adam over on YouTube. That's always a great time too. Uh, check him out on FWCIE on Twitter. Uh, obviously, if you want to come to the Catfish, just go to thecatfish.com.au, get a $5 ticket to book your spot, or come hang out at the Catfish and yeah, get some chills in. Get around NBAAustralia.com slash shop, get a t-shirt, get a hoodie. Only a couple of stubby holders left as well, heads up, so uh, I've got to send one to Paul. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Get your merch, get your merch. Check us a rating review on uh, the podcast app that you're listening to us right now. Come on. Rate and review. Do it. Manscaped.com. Use the code STRAYA. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code STRAYA. 
Look after your junk, would ya? TheDailyLiquor.com. Use the code Stray. Get a free six-pack of the Dos Blocos XPA from TheDailyLiquor.com. That's for the Melbourne metro area. Use that code Strayer at thedailyliquor.com, free sixer. Knowable. Download the Knowable app. Bang in the code Strayer, get 20% off as well. Uh, big thanks go to From Oslo from the intro and outro song and also to Joshua De Laurentiis. Fascinated. Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple Day and Earth, Apple Music. All the tunes are all Australian. That's what we do here. We support Australian bands on NBA Australia. So should you. All right, we'll close out the week with a diary of Stephen Adams, which will be a classic. And we'll catch you on Tuesday. Hey, come to the Catfish on Monday. We'll hang out. We'll drink some beers. If not, I'll talk to you on Tuesday, you dickheads. All right. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? Later, who's in now? Oh, Kira Bruce, how's it going, eh? Just Stephen Adams here, Bruce, ring and buff to write in my diary, Bruce. So here it goes, eh? Oh, dear diary, it's me, Bruce. Stephen Adams, eh? Oh, but you knew that, Bruce, because you're my diary, eh? And you know all my deep, dark secrets, man. Ah, uh, like how for a second there, I thought I might have been traded, Bruce. And I was suddenly thinking, oh, shit, I need to pick up my house again, Bruce. But I love, like, living in Memphis, right near the big pyramid, Bruce. It's like a pro-bass fishing shop, Bruce. I just love going hanging out there, or like on the dinghies, in the middle of like the little lake they've got in there and shit, bro. But anyway, it was all right in the end, eh? So, shh, don't tell anybody I was a bit afraid. Anyway, bro, I guess that means that it was a pretty crazy week for everyone else, hey? I mean, I usually just hung out in the backyard in my jandals, a pair of jorts and a singy, cooking my hungies, bros. But I was told there were some big trades, eh? Like that James fella with the big beard, bro. He's off the folly, bro. It'll be a bit of fun for that, bro. Like, lots of good barbers there and shit, bro. And I love Philly. The cheesesteaks, bro, are excellent, eh? Absolutely delicious. And that weird bloke, bro, Bun Simmons, he's off the Brooklyn, eh? Nice, bro. That's sweet as, eh? I'll tell you what, bro. Aussies fucking love moving to Brooklyn, don't they, bro? Oh, they love that, Aussies. Yeah. Ah, uh, but yeah, sweet as, eh? So pretty low-key for us here in Memphis, bro. We're just doing our thing. We beat the Clippers the other day. And that prick, Marcus Morris, bro. He tried to kill my little best mate, Jar. And I was told by my teammates as I rushed over there not to tear his arms off because I might go to jail. So I'll listen to them and I'll listen to what my mum always told me. Stephen, you don't know you're on strength, bro. So don't get into any fights like your cousin Rongo and go to jail. So I just said some mean things to him and told him he should puck on someone his own size, eh? Like his brother did. And we all know how that worked out, eh, bro? So yeah, that was pretty fun. And then we went to the Motor City, bro. And we had a nice one against the Pistons and I played real well. So yeah, it was real fun. Motown, bro. Motown. So... Now we're back on the road to Charlotte, eh? And that'll be fun. There's a NASCAR museum there, bro. Boom! Big cars, sweet as, eh? So, yeah. Glad that none of my mates got traded this week. And uh, stoked that I got to stay here in Memphis as well, bro. So, I love it here, man. Can't wait to get home, crack a sarsaparilla, sit back with my chili bun, and just hung out and eat some hungies, eh? So, oh, speaking of which, I better get back to my none of us got traded celebratory hungy. I'm cooking out my balcony here, bro. Oh, jeez. Hopefully I don't burn down the hotel, eh? So till next week, church here, love, Stephen Adams, eh?